cliffcentral.com. Uh, there's so much going on in the world of crypto. We've got to get to Sean Sanders, and um, he's on with us at the moment. And we're going to just quickly go to the – I see Bitcoin's at $42,197. Uh, Ethereum's at $2,907. And uh, what a week it's been. So, Sean, I'm glad to see you. First of all, can we just talk about China, please? Uh, you're on – I think you're on mute. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it would help if I, if I wasn't on mute, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, morning, guys. Morning, morning. Uh, there we go. So it has been another crazy week in crypto. Uh, last week, Friday, roughly around 12 o'clock South African time, China banned uh, cryptocurrency activities and in its entirety, right? Like yeah. all the crypto activities. Uh, and this isn't the first time China's done this. If we actually go back to all the way back to 2013, mm-hmm. uh, China banned crypto for the first time ever. Back then, it was really only Bitcoin. Uh, then you had 2017. In September, China banned Bitcoin. 2021, uh, in May this year, they did it again. So this is like something that happens actually fairly regularly. And what's quite interesting is sort of the the response. I mean, I was sort of just walking down the road here in Seapoint in Cape Town. And in the past, I mean, you heard China's banning Bitcoin and banning cryptocurrency more more generally, and the entire market collapses, right? It would be right. this huge freak out. Everyone sells. Uh, there's a 50 to 60% pullback. And this was a 9% pullback. So really not well, anything that significant. So I saw I saw all this information coming out probably over the weekend towards the end of last week. And I thought, oh, God, this is going to be very bad. And there was a part of me that almost sold a whole lot of the crypto that I've got. And I decided not to. And I'm really glad I didn't because – it hasn't dropped that much. In fact, it went up a bit yesterday. And I'm glad about this because obviously I don't want China being able to make their stupid rules and thinking that they can affect the entire world economy by doing this. If anything, this is a bit, a bit of embarrassment to China because they didn't really make the dial move that much, right? Yeah, 100%. I think that's sort of testament to where crypto is at at the moment. Mm. But if you look at sort of what China has been doing in other industries, I mean, whether it's Esports and video gaming. Yeah, I don't understand how that really has that much to do with the government, but each their own. Uh, I mean, they they've restricted the number of hours that you, as a youngster, can actually, being a youngster under the age of sixteen, can actually play video games on their phone. So that's under three hours per day now. Uh, weekends, it's a little bit more, which is you know still kind of mind-boggling. Uh, they've essentially made every single educational platform in China, and this is the Chinese Communist Party, uh, essentially a non-profit. And if you think about some big players, you know, Tencent, uh, owned by Naspers here in South Africa, uh, that's like a big part of their income, right? And now essentially all of those businesses that they own, they're not allowed to make profits. Um, so China's been reaching into a variety of different industries. And something that we've spoke about on the show before is the digital one. So the digital uh currency of China that's being rolled out. And China's kind of ahead of the curve when compared to other central banks on this front. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having the likes of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the other cryptos that go, um, that go along with them, uh, along the like, or kind of competing against the digital one. Yeah, maybe it makes sense. Then China's going, well, hold, we can't have both of these. Uh, Technically, no one's going to want to use our digital one where we're going to track you and we're going to be able to, you know, do all these things that, you know, crypto is going to prevent. So it kind of makes sense for China to have done this. Um, historically, and this is an interesting fact of the day, every time China's banned cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. there's been a pretty, uh, a pretty knee-jerk sort of reaction where the market's pulled back pretty hard. But thereafter, it's been a buying opportunity. I mean, this has been yeah. sort of the buying indicator. We're looking for indicators, right? right? Um, so China banned Twitter, and this is now going back 
uh, what, back to 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, Twitter since then has increased 4,650%. Facebook, again, <laughs> was in July 2009, is up nearly 10,000%. Bitcoin 2013, you know, it's up to now, it's up 4,000% from there. So it's like, this maybe is the opportunity to be buying. Well, on a, on a philosophical level, and I hate to, to get too deep and meaningful about this, but what I like about it is that really this is a big middle finger to centralized controls and a big plus for the free market. What it shows you is that the free market is a far more complicated, far more integrated, far more, um, uh, I suppose, more accurate and, and complex machine for divining what people want to do with money and what they want to do with value and where they attribute value than a bunch of people sitting in a room deciding what the price of something is or whether or not they're going to ban it or allow it. So thank you very much, China. We, we don't care what you think anymore. And I think it's, it's a wake-up call. I mean, that, you know, that, that huge property company that's currently in enormous debt and shows again that the dangers of what China's going through now are the dangers that America went through when they had their subprime mortgage crisis just a couple of years ago. The parallels between them are enormous. And it does show you that a centralized government with centralized controls on the economy is always going to lose when it's up against the free market. Don't you agree, Sean? I totally agree with you, 100%. I mean, I think the decision that China has now, given the amount of debt and sort of the overarching approach that it's taken with multiple industries is whether they're going to take pain now. And that's as a nation, they're going to take a lot of pain now, you know, take the knock, the defaults from the debt and all the rest, Mm -hmm. or whether they're going to postpone this. And they've taken the decision to postpone this. Um, So at some point in time, this debt is yeah, surprise, surprise, 100%, right? At some point in time, this debt is going to have to be repaid or defaulted on. Uh, you don't make debt just disappear. Uh, that's, I think, something that's going to be quite interesting. And, you know, China's either going to grow at such a phenomenal pace that they're going to be able to repay this debt, or there's going to be, I don't know, some sort of a next five to 10 year period where there are going to be bigger defaults, like Evergrande as an example. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be painful by the international community, right? I mean, this is the second biggest uh, company in the uh, second biggest country in the world, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to feel this. But I think the other thing to note, just coming back to the sort of the crypto side of things, is the market, the crypto market in general, kind of just sneezed at this, right? They didn't mm-hmm. like, really, no one really paid that much attention to it. Um, all the headlines two days after the announcement was on other crypto related things, right? There wasn't this sort of like, oh, my word, you know, what's happening with China? It's like, oh, we've seen this four times before, uh, you know, where to from here? And as somebody that's been in the space now for mm-hmm. you know going on seven years, that was sort of a, a very proud moment for me. I was kind yeah. of like, wow, this really has matured. And and let this and be, I think the other let thing this, let this be a warning. Well is that, Sorry, Sean, let this be a warning to other governments that are going to try to ban things and to stop people from doing what a free market allows them to do, and that is to trade. If government's got no business whether Sean is buying my Bitcoin or I'm selling my Bitcoin to him. There's no need for government in any of that. We don't need your central reserves. We don't need your authority. We don't need your say-so. We don't need your guarantees, frankly. And this is a, this, a sure sign, if there ever has been one, that cryptocurrencies are now in the maturity stage. Definitely. I mean, this is a sign, in my opinion, that, again, we're in sort of mainstream adoption phase. Uh, but one point I wanted to bring up, I suppose, which was kind of the crux of the show really today, was going to be around what China's not seeing is everything else going on in the background in the crypto space. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like the cryptocurrency thing that we're seeing today where there's a lot of speculation. 
Um, currently in South Africa, and this is sort of the, the problem that's being solved by this internationally, um, but currently in South Africa, if you own something, so as an example, you go and you buy a cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you have ownership of this? You've got a little purchase receipt. Um, maybe your parents have bought it for you. Maybe a partner's bought it for you, whatever. But like own, de de uh, determining ownership is actually really difficult. Mm -hmm. And what digital assets enable you to do essentially is to say, well, no, you are the owner of this. When yeah. you purchase this, there is some sort of a transaction that occurs that says, right, whether that is the SKU on the device or the item that you're purchasing, or it could be the digital asset that you're buying. But just like when you buy a stock of a company, you are able to essentially say, I'm the one that owns this. There's a digital signature or there's actually a certificate that I receive. And that's currently what's happening now in the EU um, and in Singapore as well. But you're essentially having digital ownership and that's verifiable ownership saying, Gareth, you own this. Sean, you own this. So it's not this case of like, oh, what do you actually own? What don't you mm -hmm. actually own? Uh, which means that if you're wanting to sell something later on, I mean, there's so many benefits when it comes to that. You know, you don't really need to get into that. Now, China is essentially by saying that crypto, you're out, this is entirely outlawed um, because that's really the, the crux of where the crypto market's going now. Uh, you're not going to be involved in this whatsoever going forward. And I think that's very short-sighted. Well, it's their loss is our gain. And as, as so many people who are listening to this have been saying, I mean, here, for example, is David. He says China bans crypto and the volume on the decentralized exchanges skyrockets. Probably a majority of new users from China. It's a true indication of how crypto cannot be banned. So, and if you want, I'm so impressed with the the. Sorry, guys, just to quickly jump in, I'm so impressed with sort of the questions that come through on the show and the statements, because I mean, yeah, if anyone's been paying attention to what's been going on in the, let's say, like the top five to top twenty cryptocurrencies, you've seen the likes of Uniswap which is a decentralized exchange, go through the roof. SushiSwap, mm -hmm. uh, the name's funny, but uh, it's another decentralized exchange. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it is insane. It's like you're seeing all these these users then moving to these decentralized platforms. So no longer on the likes of a Binance or OKX, which is really fascinating. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, does Cliff Central have any listeners who support the EFO? Okay, that's completely related. Uh, please send a link to invest in crypto. That's from Robin. Okay, well, Robin, it's so simple. I'm glad you asked that because that's part of the reason Sean joins us every week is to make this easy for you. Go to revix.com, R-E-V-I-X.com. You sign up for free. You can verify your ID. You add whatever money you want to add in, and you buy a couple of uh, of the exchanges or uh, sorry of the of the different indexes that they've got on there and they've also got the individual cryptocurrencies which you can buy and they've launched a couple of new ones in the last few weeks which you can check out too so go along and try it out this is your chance to join in and uh, you can tell us what you think of that too i love it so china um we don't care we're still going to carry on doing what we do and let this also make the u.s sit up and take notice because you know they've been um in in Congress, they've been mouthing off about cryptocurrency and whether or not they think it should be taxed at this level or at that level, whether it should be banned in certain ways. You know, there are a whole bunch of old gray men in Congress who think that they can control this stuff. And uh, they're about to learn a horrible lesson by virtue of China doing it first. Let's see what happens next. Sean, always good to check in with you. Thank you, dude. Brilliant, guys. Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks, Gareth. Very, very good. All right. Very nice. There's Sean Saunders, everybody. Revix.com, and you can find out more by signing up today, putting some money in there. See what happens to it. Cliffcentral.com.